The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. All these homilies are the same in content as those preached. They have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to the crowds, This is how it is with the kingdom of God. It is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land, and would sleep and rise night and day, and through it all the seed would sprout and grow, he knows not how. Of its own accord the land yields fruit, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle at once, for the harvest has come. He said, To what shall we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable can we use for it? It is like a mustard seed that when it is sown in the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But once it is sown, it springs up and becomes the largest of plants and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Without parables, he did not speak to them. But to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. The Gospel of the Lord. I'm going to start you out with a little quiz this morning. What do you think is the most important part of the Mass? That part on which all the other parts depend. No, it's not the readings, although as the sacred word of God, they are certainly very important. And no, it's not the homily, even though it may be the most variable part of the service. And in this case, I am not thinking of the consecration during the Eucharistic prayer, even though, as our re-presentation of the Last Supper and Jesus' saving sacrifice for our sins, during which bread and wine are transformed into Jesus' very own body and blood, it is certainly the summit of the Mass and the climactic moment. I'm thinking of something else. And since our sin separates us from God, and our repentance and God's forgiveness restores our relationship, we may think it's the penitential rite, but in this case, that is not what I'm looking for either. And of course, our reception of Jesus' body and blood in communion is a vital part of our Catholic life and a source of grace and sustenance. But that is still not it. Part of the Mass I am thinking about may not be the first to come to mind, but it significantly impacts every other part of the Mass. It is actually the very next thing we will do after I finish this homily. And no, it is not give thanks that the homily is finished. I am talking about our recitation of the Creed. For the Creed is our statement of beliefs and the degree to which we truly own that which we say we believe makes everything else we do here, and everywhere else, meaningful in our lives. If we don't believe in one God, Father Almighty, Creator, in one Lord, Jesus Christ, who died for our salvation and rose again, in His judgment and His kingdom, if we don't believe in one church, one baptism, the forgiveness of sins, and eternal life in heaven, then the rest of what we do here is meaningless. 
If we don't believe in God, then what significance can his word have for us? If we don't believe in Jesus as the Son of God, Lord and Savior, how do his words and actions, his teachings and sacrifice, mean anything to us here and now? How can we have a personal relationship with someone we don't believe in? If we don't believe in the Holy Spirit, and the church that spirit guides and renews, then why are we here? We may take those words for granted. We may say them mindlessly or without much attention. But as a statement of what we believe, they, in fact, form the basis for our faith. In our gospel today, we hear about sowing seeds and growing crops and trees, symbols for our faith and our church. But even if the man who scatters the seed knows not how it sprouts and grows, he has faith that it will happen, for that is why he scatters it in the first place. And while the mustard seed, not unlike the seed of our church, the Twelve Apostles, may be very small compared to the earth into which it is planted, its growth into a very large bush comes about because the one who planted it had faith that it would grow. There is a difference between saying, I believe, and saying, I want to believe, I kind of believe, I'd like to believe. If we truly believe what we say, it is our belief in God that makes his word important. It is our belief in Jesus Christ that makes the gift of his sacrament life-changing. Our belief in God's mercy and judgment that calls us to repentance. And our belief in his church that helps us to follow its guidance. It is that faith that changes our perspective, as Paul states in the second reading. The belief that changes us from a people that cling to our earthly life as if it was all there is, into a people that live this life focused on what is coming after, the continuation of our lives in the world to come. Realizing that when we die, we are not going to disappear, to cease to exist, but we will transition to the part of our lives that fulfills the purpose for which we were actually created, the goal of our existence. You know, at this stage of my life, I am more aware than ever how many people live this life with a focus on retirement. We are bombarded by advertising and information about our retirement finances. What is your number? Will you have what you need? Will you have enough to live the life you wish? Will you have enough? Will you have enough? Will you have enough? While none of us want to spend our later years begging on the street, the question that should be foremost in our minds should not be, will I have enough money to live comfortably after I stop working for pay? But will I be where I need to be when the time comes for me to leave my body and go home to the Lord? Our retirement isn't in this world. Our retirement is in heaven. While we may at some point cease to work at a job for monetary earnings, we should never stop working toward our salvation, loving God and others, until the moment 
that God calls us home. As Paul says, it is in faith, not by sight, that we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. And therefore, if we live a life of faith, we do not see death as loss, but death as gain. And therefore, the fear of death no longer has any power over us. It has been swallowed up by our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, who conquered death. The question we should be constantly asking ourselves isn't have we achieved our number? Do we have enough money to live the life we want to live? We should be asking ourselves, are we living the life God calls us to live so that we can be judged worthy of eternal life with him in heaven? That's our number. That's our goal. And that's what our faith does for us. It changes our focus from the worldly life to the eternal life, from our relationship with the world that moves us ahead in the world to our relationship with God that draws us closer to God. Our focus in life shouldn't be simply about what we will leave our kids or our loved ones in terms of material wealth, but on whether those we love in this life will share eternal life with us in heaven. Hopefully we will have helped to bring that about because we've lived our lives as a witness to our faith, as a means and vehicle to conversion for others, as a support and encouragement to their life with God. But what if this faith isn't a reality in our lives today? If it just isn't how we feel, it isn't how we are living, something is missing, it's not quite there. We are here today out of some sense of obligation, from force of habit, but we're not really feeling connected, not really feeling a strong relationship with God. We're not enthused or energized or motivated about our faith. What is the answer for us in today's scripture for that need? I'm glad you asked me that question. If our faith is low or withered, the answer is in the first reading. And all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, bring low the high tree and lift high the lowly tree, wither up the green tree and make the withered tree bloom. As I, the Lord, have spoken, so will I do. It is truly a godly world where the reality of the faith is also the answer to the lack of faith. For if God is all he says he is, and I assure you he is, then he not only greatly desires for us to grow in faith, but he also has all the resources we need to make it happen. All we have to do is ask him. And so we shall. I invite you to say this prayer softly with me, either for yourself or for someone you know. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and Holy Spirit, my advocate and guide, increase my faith. Help me to own the words of the creed and make them my own. Forgive my sin and remove anything standing between me and a deeper faith in you. Touch me in a way that will renew my faith and help me to know that you are my God and I am your beloved child. I pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen.
Send questions or comments regarding this podcast to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.